Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back. What a week it's been. (laughs) What a week. No Fat Bear Week, I'll tell you that much. Fat Bear Week. (laughs) Yeah. If If you haven't heard, next week is Fat Bear Week. Is it next week? I don't know. I'm already in stitches thinking about this. I don't know why I'm so tickled about this. Um, (laughs) Found this article on Mashable. The headline is, all the bears are fat this year. (laughs) I guess the, um, the Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska is kicking off its Fat Bear Week 2020. Where yes, they and we've done this before back in the olden days when we were in the office, we used to turn on the bear cam. Did you watch that? No, what do you mean? The what's the bear? Oh cam? my god, it was so calming. I loved it. Um, Eric and I would sit there and watch it, and um, we would watch the salmon jump and the bear catch salmon. They just <gasps> they had these live cams on the bears in the, the Alaska forests and preserves. And oh my you could watch the bears, you know, just do their thing, sit in the, the river during a hot summer day and <laughs> catch salmon and um, just, you know, live in life. It was just very calming. We would just turn that on the, the monitor and kind of have that on in the background all day long. Bears have houses, too. Yeah. It's, it's very much related to what we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> this- Totally as a tie to real estate. Absolutely does not. I just um, um, found it. I was very tickled by the fat bear thing. And I, did, I don't know. We were literally lolling about it like five minutes before we started recording the episode. So fat bear week is still in my mind. I posted this in our team Slack channel. I was like, how come when the bears get fat, they get celebrated. But when I gain a little bit of weight, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> seems very unfair to me the bears have gained the quarantine 15 but and then they get a bear week they get celebrated um okay let's let's move away from bear week (laughs) fat bear week uh even though i'm just gonna follow it so much and it gives me so much joy well it's the small things right now honestly it really is we wanted to talk about um a new Something that we never do. Talk about an HGTV show. Um, this tickles me too. But this one, I have a special a special connection to. Um, I Okay, so the TV show is called Tiebreaker. And it's Ty Pennington's new show on HGTV. Ty Pennington returns to television. Good morning, Nicholas family! His grand return to television. I mean, he has been on Small Business. What is that show? Small Business. Revolution, right? Revolution. So, but but this is his return to like a major DIY, like HGTV is kind of like. Right. You know, and I believe. pinnacle for him. It was about a year and a half ago um, when they had announced that they were going to bring back Extreme Home Makeover Edition. And mm-hmm. which I loved. I remember watching that with my family. Like I loved Extreme Home Makeover. I Extreme remember Makeover you Home said Edition. that at the time. This is all like yeah. all coming back to me right now. 
Uh Um, You were a big fan and you were super excited, as was Ty Pennington, because I think he thought he was going to be able to host that show when they brought it back. Yeah. Fast forward. Wah, wah. Sad trombone. They did not select Ty Pennington to host the Extreme Home Makeover reboot. Revival. No. They chose Jesse Tyler Ferguson of Modern Family and, you know, with all of his <laughs> uh, renovation experience and, you know, he, he's a skilled carpenter. We all know him as, like, no, such a random choice. I don't understand. <laughs> and his co-host, Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Jesse hosted, I think, like nine episodes and then Kermit hosted like the 10th one. So Ty... Ty was overshadowed by Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Kermit the Frog. Ty got dissed, and understandably, he probably felt like that was a slap in the face. He he did feel like it was a slap in the face because he posted about it on Instagram um, on August thirty first. He posted to Instagram, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a very long, you know, caption. But he did say um, that he was passed over for a job that he had been doing for 10 years or for a decade and it was a real blow to his ego and he was all you know very bent out of shape about that but he now has this new venture like it kind of like knocked him on his bum but then he like was able to like do some soul searching and now he has a new HGTV show so good things come to those who wait and what's the premise of this HGTV show, Tiebreaker. Um, so it's so Ty is one of the hosts, and then there are, I think, three other folks who come on. One of whom is Allison Victoria ooh. of Windy City Rehab, um, and it's basically it's Ty pitted against um, one of the other designers, and they they go to homeowners and. The, uh, the designer has to convince the homeowners to buy and fix up a brand new house. And then Ty has to convince the homeowners to stay with their current home that's in disarray that needs to be fixed up. And Ty will help them fix up their home they currently own. And it's the, it's kind of like a tug of war between the designers and Ty and who who is the homeowner going to choose and regardless of who they choose they get a new plate like they get a nice fixed up place um it's just i guess therein therein lies the drama is who who are they going to choose sorry so ty it's ty versus some other designer and the family gets to choose who's going to redo their home correct yes okay exactly all right cool um yep that sounds like a premise I would watch. I find that interesting. It sounds interesting seeing how they're going to convince them as opposed to, you know, like other HG, HGTV shows. It's kind of like we are buying, a, like they already know what they're doing. It's like an added element of of drama to it. So I guess I wonder how much is going to be manufactured in it, though, because they could never, like, what if you had a season where nobody ever chose Ty? That would be so sad. Right. Right, it, like they have to choose Ty, like like what sixty five percent of the time or something. Yeah, that would be another blow to his ego if no one chose. <laughs> Poor it. Ty Pennington. And all this, you know, as long as we're talking about this, um, 
you know, I am, I'm glad that he's getting another shot and I think you have a soft spot in your heart for Ty Pennington, but, uh, Mm -hmm. some, some folks out there in the universe are questioning the, the decision to put him back on TV. Jezebel, which is, you know, a known kind of like media outlet that loves to sort of play devil's advocate. Um, they did a piece with the headline, why do HGTV and ABC keep letting this man renovate people into foreclosure? And Mm -hmm. Natalie, I know you said you took umbrage with this piece. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with their rationale. I mean, they are essentially painting Ty as the reason for all of these issues that have happened with, with homes that have been on the show. Historically, some of the folks whose homes were renovated and who got these crazy homes on Extreme Makeover Home Edition, they ended up, some people went into foreclosure, some people like couldn't afford the payments anymore, so they had to sell. And so this article kind of paints it as like Ty's fault. And it's not Ty's fault. It does seem like a large generalization to give this guy a bad rap for like yeah. other financial decisions gone wrong. The piece says, the major flaw with Home Edition was the gap between what participants needed and what the unhinged Pennington wanted to give them. Unhinged. He would run amok on a small manageable home and convert it overnight into a behemoth with themed rooms, living rooms built to look like movie theaters, and backyards that could double as amusement parks. Um, I also want to mention that they refer to Ty Pennington as the Guy Fieri of home improvement shows. I'm Guy Fieri and we're rolling out looking for America's greatest diners, drive-ins and dives. I can see no better parallel like that. That's that's completely accurate. Um, But I, I take issue with that because it wasn't Ty who was like running amok. It was, and the the Wall Street Journal published this piece in 2010, I think, where they say that um, builders, because the show would bring in builders who a lot of them would work pro bono and would donate their time and their resources um, to the show. So a lot of builders got wind like, oh, I can get free promotion. Like it's it's free publicity being on this show. Well, not free, but it's it's publicity. And in order to, like, make sure that they'd get on the show, they would present the production company with these crazy ideas. So we can build a moat and a castle on the property and or like we can build a room that has trampolines or like, you know, add add an addition of like 2000 square feet and have a room of trampolines. And production would be like, that sounds great because that's larger than life. So like they can advertise it. And then also the builders are like trying to outbid each other. Like I think one of the homes they mentioned went from like 1,800 square feet to 5,000 square feet. And if if you add more space to your home, you have to pay tax on that. And a lot of people, that was why they got into financial trouble. It wasn't because Ty Pennington was pushing these things on them. It's because... The production and, you know, builders with their crazy schemes and then production being like, sure, would let them do that. And I don't know. I just, I'm You're very a total, passionate about this. I love it. I am a Thai. I guess I'm a Thai stan. You're like, a Thai Pennington know. defender. Thai, if you're listening, call us. Natalie would love to talk with you. He's an easy target. Like, he screams, <laughs> like, during broadcast. Like, he's very... Crazy Ty Pennington, but ultimately, 
these issues, the financial issues that many of the people on the show, not many, but the people on the show have had, you can't tie it back to Ty. You just can't. Can't tie it back to Ty. I like that. Um, He has turned up to 11, but I also would argue that that's why he's made a name for himself and that everybody knows who Ty Pennington is. I don't know. I'm I'm interested in this show. Do we know when it is premiering? Well, he just announced it. Um, I'm sure he's very eager to do so. <laughs> um, I mean, they're filming. Like, he's posted stuff on his Instagram, too, of them filming. Um, All right. So he posted something like, great to get back to work. <laughs> Uh, and like, oh, he actually, unemployment <laughs> he actually posted a picture of them doing a COVID test on him. Oh, like, well, good. Like and, and I'm glad to know that they're taking precautions and being safe during this time. Yeah. So on September 22nd, he posted a post on Instagram. Well, it's official. We're back. Um, and it's coming early 2021. Okay. So. All right. Well, something to look forward to. We got Fat Bear Week. And now we've got tiebreaker in 2021. It's already shaping up to be better than 2020. (laughs) Speaking of which, uh, the paint companies out there seem to be making quite a statement about what they think of 2020. Um, It's that time of year, and I believe we've talked about this on the podcast before, where all the major paint companies, Sherwin-Williams, Benjamin Moore, um, PPG, uh, Valspar, like they all announced their color of the year for 2021, and they predict um, that it will be used in mass throughout home interior and exterior of homes. Um, we've already got a few this year, including mm-hmm. one this week. Sherwin Williams announced its color of the year of 2021 is urbane bronze, and it's not bronze at all, though. It's like a dark mm-hmm. gray. Like a dark greeny gray. It's um, it's a perfectly nice color. I, I do like it. Uh, we have a story about it. If you go to realtor.com slash news, you can see. Or check the show notes. Um, yeah, or the show notes. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, yeah, they call it a new neutral. And I, I know for year, the last several years, a lot of the paint companies and color specialists have been sort of veering away from light colors as neutrals and they've been calling darker colors neutrals. So last year, actually um, the trend was blues. A lot of the colors of the year were Navy. PPG was, PPG was like, it was um, Chinese uh, porcelain and it was like, it was a lighter blue, but it was like, you know, if you think of like Chinese, like like China with like that blue. It was like a very rich blue. But they are saying that these this darker color, this urbane bronze, this dark charcoal gray is uh, the new neutral. Um, but yeah. they also are saying that it sort of evokes this feeling that we have about 2020 or like the current state of the world. And then also that it, um, it plays well outside when we all want to be outside. Okay. Yeah, I think it's funny when... Because these are like predictions for the next year. And a lot of times in like the verbiage that goes with the color selection, they try to like hone in on the kind of like the cultural zeitgeist Mm -hmm. and like what's happening in the world and like the current, like the cultural current mood. And so it's interesting to see like PPG's palette, PPG, the another paint company, um, they have a palette of the year. So they chose 
three different colors. Um, but the palette is just called Be Well, which is like that's what <laughs> that's what they tell you when you like walk out of the COVID testing center. Like, be well. <laughs> like, it just I mean, be well. If if there is no better like like chorus that we can say for this year than just like be well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't die. Yeah, truly. Like, I, um, I do feel like they're going to come out with one that's like, don't die and... Um, like, stay inside. Stay inside. <laughs> wash your hands. Yeah. I mean, PP, like, the Be Well trio, um, there's one that's like a sand, it's like the color of sand, which is the beigeiest beige I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. There's one called Big Cypress, which is kind of like a pinkish, like, gray tinted with ginger is what they say so it's kind of like a orangish pinkish brownish color and then one called misty aqua which is like a turquoise you know that we as we talked about before like these colors of the year it's it's a marketing thing like it's Mm -hmm. like I actually went to do you remember that paint party that I went to it was like it was a dinner I've been to two paint parties actually (laughs) Um, but What's last that year, like? it was What's a, going to dinner like? <laughs> it was a dinner and it was held by Valspar. Um, and it was really nice. It was at like, uh, I think it was at Milk Studios in New York, which is like a really chic like photo shoot studio. And it was, um, it was a, so Valspar came out with like a palette and I think it was a palette of like 12 different colors and each color represented a different course of the dinner and so like God. the first course was like a moss green and they served us like a green soup or something like a split pea soup like it was Ugh. each color corresponded with uh the 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 course like the the meal this is the kind of first world nonsense i really miss during covid right now right like this is obviously not happening this year no Um, like what's going to dinner like what's what's a party i don't even know i know and they had so it wasn't like 12 food courses it was like they were coordinated yeah well no that for some of the courses it was like a cocktail like a little like drink okay so it was it was fun. It was cool and it was intimate. It was like a small gathering. So so what did like Sherwin Williams say about Urbane? I mean, you mentioned it about um uh it encourages you to create a sanctuary space for mindful reflection and renewal. Mm-hmm. He said we in the design community are just so done with cool icy grays. An urbane yeah. bronze, which is actually a deep taupe that combines brown and gray, is a warm color that can both cheer and ground us. Okay, so their their wish for 2021 is that if you paint your house this color, it will encourage you to create a sanctuary space for mindful reflection and renewal. I guess. Right? Yeah. Okay. And PPG wants you to be well. Yes, they do. And we want you to be well, too. We have a story and we will be continuously updating it as more companies come out with their colors of the year. I don't think Pantone has come out with theirs yet. And that one is always like no. very hyped. Yeah, um, they usually do that in October or November. Um, yeah. So we'll be updating that page regularly. Um, listeners, you can find it in the show notes and then continue checking back and if you care about colors of the year if you care about design trends and predictions please seek that out Mm
Um, okay. The Rock did something crazy. <laughs> the Rock is The Rock, aka Dwayne Johnson, is renting an Atlanta mansion. He's obviously shooting in the area, and this past week the power went out nearby, and his automated gate wouldn't open. So <laughs> The Rock, bless his little heart, did what any sane person would do, not really. And decided that he needed to get to work pronto because he had a set of people waiting for him to do the shoot. And so he ripped the gate off of its moorings. And he actually posted a picture on Instagram. Um, (laughs) And he says, not my finest hour, but a a man's got to get to work. We experienced a power outage due to severe storms causing my front gate not to open. And then he goes on to say that he tried to troubleshoot it. Um, made some calls, called a tech, you know, and he he would have had to wait 45 minutes and he didn't have time. So <laughs> he he did what any ex-pro wrestler would do and just used brute force and ripped it. I mean, it's a really um, interesting solution to being late for work. 45 minutes doesn't seem like it's, you know, life or death, especially when you're an actor. I don't know. I don't get paid what the Rockets paid. I know that you got stuck at the DMV today, Natalie, and you could not find a car, so you walked the three miles home. The Rock obviously did not see that in his future, so he apparently, quote, pushed, pulled, and ripped the gate completely off all by himself. Yeah. um, Thank you for throwing that in here. I did walk home from the DMV today. (laughs) Just saying there were other solutions he could have found. Maybe he, I'm not saying he should have walked from work, but maybe he could have hopped the fence and called an Uber. Like, I mean, maybe he didn't want to take an Uber because of COVID. I get that. Didn't he have COVID? No, maybe. Never mind. That's a rumor. <laughs> Never mind. Well, now I'm googling. Did the not rock trying to have start. COVID? And apparently, this is for a movie that he's working on called Black Adam. Oh, he did have COVID. He did. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so he's just being courteous about, you know, <laughs> other people's health. Um, Yeah, he's the movie's called Black Adam, and Black Adam is a fictional character um, of in the DC comic world. So apparently The Rock is playing Black Adam, and that's what he's filming in Atlanta, and that's why he had to break out of his house. <laughs> just a funny story in the news. We don't really have anything to say about it. No, it looks well. It looks like I can I can tell you a little bit about the place that he's staying in Atlanta. Um, oh, do tell. Uh, the place he's renting. It's an eight bedroom, eight and a half bath, uh, Southern Colonial Estate. Um, it's sixteen hundred square excuse sixteen thousand square feet. Uh, pretty huge. And we don't know how much he's paying right now. Um, but in 2017, it was available for rent for $25,000 a month. Um, and the house was also available for purchase that year for $8 million. So it's a big place. There's a pool, tennis court. Uh, the actor has set up a gym. So, you know, he, he has all of his creature comforts that he needs to keep himself jacked. I mean, or um, he could just go outside and rip some more stuff up. Yeah, that can also, that's that's a nice, you know, natural way of, of getting your sweat on, I guess. <laughs> or he could have just walked to set, like I walked home from the DMV, <laughs> I, you know? I don't know. So, 
Hey, Dwayne. <laughs> hey, Dwayne, we have some ideas for you. Um, but yeah, we love this story. It was just kind of like... I love him. I think he's fantastic. And this is just amusing. And, you know, whoever gets to repair his, his gate, you know, that's good for business. So... <laughs> I hope that he, like, makes an appearance, like... For the gate repair person to be like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is, here's your reward for doing this. Hi, I'm The Rock. <laughs> Come hang out with me. It was an case. interesting move. Um, speaking of moves, yeah. we have one, oh. we have one making move. One move. To, we have one move. We have one update. We have one move to discuss this week in making moves. Yes. Um, this is the home of Mark Bell. He's a financier. And we've talked about it before on the podcast, I think, and also covered it extensively on Realtor.com because his home is a crazy Star Trek themed house. Mm-hmm. I this remember this place. This place has like the deck of the Enterprise. I mean, it, it, it the. I'm, you're a loss for words. Yes, I, I'm no, <laughs> I'm no words. Because I mean, you're a, star, aren't you a Star Trek fan? I I did like Star Trek back in the day. I was a Next yeah, Generation okay. girl. I I had okay, a big crush on Commander Riker. All right. Um. This yes, Go I am at a loss for words. This place is insane on the inside, which is probably why he has had trouble selling it. Um, yeah. He has had this place on the market for a very long time. Back in. 2014 is when it first landed on the market for 35 million. Um, mm. Several price drops later, then it was off the market. There's a there's kind of a long saga here, but the TLDR is that after being off the market, he has now put it back on for rent, and mm. you can rent this house if you've got the dinero for two hundred thousand dollars a month. Oh, the very accessible price yeah. of two hundred thousand dollars a month. Okay. Also, where is this located? I apologize. Thank you. It's in Boca Raton, Florida. Yeah, not exactly like <laughs> a destination. I mean, I mean, it, it is, is for some people, for the elderly. But but <laughs> but do the elderly have two hundred? to spend a month on I don't know it's a very specific taste it is really phenomenal it's it's incredible inside and I urge you check our show notes and click the link to the story we have photos of the interior it is you know a a Star Trek replica in some places and then just I don't know just random outrageous decor and others so I don't think anyone no one's gonna rent this place (laughs) For $200,000 a month, no one's going to rent this place. I mean, 200000 It's not like, I mean, people drop, people will drop like that kind of money on a rental in like the Hamptons for a summer right, or, right, you know, right. Nantucket or it's like, but Boca in a Star Wars, Star Trek house. I don't know, but blessed to him. So that's kind of a move, right? It's taken off the market. Now it's for rent. Yeah. Putting um, back on brand new now for rent. So, um, yeah. Check it out. Let us know what you think. All right. And now it's time for winners and losers. This is our segment at the end of the episode where we discuss celebrities and the homes that they bought, sold, or rented. We choose one loser and one winner. And it's all based on the deals that they made. Did they make a good deal, a bad deal? We're going to discuss it. Uh, So... The loser this week is 
Simon Cowell. Mr. American Idol, Mr. America's Got Talent, right? I think so. No, the X Factor. He's the X Factor. I think he's the X Factor. Whatever. Simon Cowell, <laughs> you know him. You, A lot of people, some people love him. A lot of people hate him. Um, essentially, he's our loser because he paid $15.5 million for his um, Beverly Hills home and he recently sold it for $14.5 million. So he sold it for about a million dollars less than he bought it. And if you factor in the fact that he has renovated it three times, plus all the money that he's probably put into maintenance, taxes, realtor fees, closing costs, he's lost a bit of money on this place, one, one would say. Mathematically... It's a loss. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why he's our loser. Uh, Rachel, what do you think about this place? It's going to be a no for me, dog. That's, yeah, that's going to be a no. Yes, thank you, Randy. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I mean, this place is huge. It's like 7,000 square feet, four bedrooms, six baths. And this was an off-market deal. Um, so, you know, we don't know how long he was trying to sell this place, but he did end up finding a buyer and and took a loss. So moving on to our winner of the week, our real estate winner is D-lister. Oh, wait. <laughs> I should say uh, self-proclaimed D-lister, Kathy Griffin. Yes. Comedian Kathy Griffin. Uh, I actually love this story because it proves like how much of a badass she actually is and like right. how su- successful she's been. So she's a winner because she apparently bought her home that she's now selling, um, her Bel Air mansion. She bought it without a mortgage. And how much was it? $10.5 million. That's a fat load of home to buy without a mortgage. So Yeah. And I mean, we don't have the stats on how many celebrities, you know, buy their house just outright without a mortgage. Um but just the fact that she was able to pluck down $10.5 million just right into her house is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. And she's now selling the house for $16 million. Right. So if she does sell it, she stands to make quite a profit. As an article in Forbes put it, uh, aside from the D-list jokes, she is actually... A-list when it comes to managing her money, it looks like. And I'd say she's A-list at her decor as well. The interior of this home is really amazing. The exterior is really amazing. That pool I want to be in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, This is sort of Spanish style inside with wood beams on the ceiling. Very open floor plan interior. An amazing pool outside, as I mentioned before. Built in 2003. Um, It is considered Mediterranean style. So, you know, I have a bias for that. Um, It is. Well, but it's it is Mediterranean. um, But it it doesn't offend me. It's modern. It's very modern. Yes. Um, And I think the as you said, the decor really enhances yeah. the house it it's it does not weigh it down it's very fresh who i mean these it could have been staged you mm-hmm. know these these photos could have been staged but um 
The kitchen is not that heavy, heavy Mediterranean wood that we're used to seeing. Um, very spacious kitchen. I don't know if she's going to get $16 million necessarily for it. Maybe. Uh, but I agree that backyard is really the selling point of the house my gosh the house is huge it's over thirteen thousand square feet there's eight bedrooms 10 full bathrooms (laughs) we can go on our rant again that we went on last week about the number of bathrooms necessary for one person so many i'm sorry 10 bathrooms plus two half baths so 12 okay Um, okay there's a chef's kitchen with um that looks out onto the great room and it's just a really gorgeous house. Um, But like you said, she might not get that price. I guess she formerly owned a home in Hollywood Hills and she asked a little bit too much for it and had to drop the listing price on that one too. So maybe she has a, maybe now it's a habit of maybe asking a little bit too much for, for her houses. Yeah. I mean, We'll keep an eye on this one. This could very well end up in making moves um, in the weeks to come. So we'll see what happens with Kathy's home. But uh, she's our winner for having a giant bank account where she can just pluck down $10 million. And that is it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, you can go to realtor.com slash news to see all the stories. You can also go to your podcast app and look at the show notes and we will have links to the stories there. Uh, Google is also a great resource. Just type in realtor.com <laughs> and the topic. <laughs> um, Let me Google that for you. Yes. And if you like what you hear today, if you like what you heard, please scroll down, give us a five star rating and write a review. We would love it so much. We'd be so appreciative. If you want to get in touch with us, we are all ears. Seriously, we really do mean that. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at realtor.com. That is singular podcast at realtor.com. Or you can find us wherever you do your social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at housepartypod on all three. That's where we post photos that we've talked about on this podcast. Um, Some that we even didn't. Um, And we just generally have a discussion about the topics that we've talked about today. And we would love to hear from you. Thank you again for tuning in. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm going to say bye again because I had a frog in my throat. Bye. Bye.